0: One, two, three, four. A big, frosty margarita. margarita.
1: <laughs> grab a glass, grab a seat. It's two margaritas with Matt. You okay if I throw something crazy at you right away?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm going to do this every time I do it, but I have here. It's like a box of 200 questions. Okay. And they are all over the place. Okay. So, where do you want me to pick from? You want from the, you want from the front, the middle, or or the back part of this stack here?
0: Uh, let's do the, let's do the middle.
1: Do the middle. All right. We'll see where your head's at here tonight. Oh, there you go. In what era, Sam Herder, would you like to have grown up? There you go. In what era would you like to have grown up?
0: Yeah. Um. Probably either the, the 70s or the 80s, uh, probably, um, you know, I feel like the stories back then, especially in high school, I'm thinking more so high school, it seems like high school is so much more fun than compared to when I was in high school, which was late 2000s, 2010 um, ish. I remember some of the uh, some of the coaches, you know, talking to us about how if we had, a, um, you know, someone on our our football team or whatever, that was kind of, you know, being a smartass or whatever, I remember they been telling us, well, back in the day, we would just kind of, you know, take them behind the garbage can, they're behind the dumpster and, you know, teach them a lesson, <laughs> but you can't do that anymore. So um, I don't know. I just feel like growing up in the 70s and 80s would have been pretty fun.
1: 70s, um, Dazed and Confused style. Have you seen that movie?
0: I have not for a while, though. So I couldn't do any, any like a reference, reference one-liners from that movie.
1: The, the paddles and stuff with yep. Ben Affleck and all that chasing the yep. freshmen, real old school.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Were you popular in high school?
0: Uh, moderately, I guess. I don't know.
1: Were you, were you middle of the pack? I was definitely middle of the pack. That's how I would define my time in high school.
0: Yeah. I mean, I played a lot of sports, but I don't, I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't have considered myself a jock uh, back then. And so, um, wasn't really a, a huge social butterfly, kind of like now, not like a huge social butterfly, but, um, you know, yeah, kind of in the middle of the pack, like you said.
1: I remember I, well, we, I had a class of 19. How many kids were in your class growing up?
0: Uh, graduated class of
1: 70, 70. See, that's like the perfect size. I bet you were able to find at the minimum friend or two, but you could kind of escape the big click, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Uh, and there was a kind of a wide variety of, even with a class of 70, there's a wide variety of, you know, people you can hang out with. You got the sports people, you got the non-sports people that were still, um, uh, maybe played sports, you know, growing up, but then there's, you know, other, other groups, uh, as well. And so kind of a, kind of a variety there.
1: Right, for sure. What year did you graduate high school?
0: Uh, 2011.
1: 11, okay. I didn't know I was older than you. Man, holy moly. There you go. I've yeah. already learned all I need to know about you, Sam. We can there just call it a night. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me or having me on. You being on here. Jeez, I took one sip of a margarita, and I can't even say things right. But, Buckle up. Buckle yep, up. <laughs> these Cayman Jacks is what I'm going with. I had never Buckle. had them until about a week ago. And I think they're the first margarita I've ever had that I could pour from a can, and it actually tastes good. I don't know if there's any other brands out there you would recommend, but this yeah, I'm not,
0: not a big margarita guy, so I my my taste in that wouldn't be wouldn't be up to par. I don't think.
1: Well, no worries. You have anything in your hand tonight, or you you going sober water tonight? Oh yeah,
0: we got the there we go the bush light, bush, bush light. Latte, so classic classic midwestern.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Okay, I don't want to talk about football all night. I don't want to talk about the FCS because, you know, we'll just go down that rabbit hole. I feel nonstop, but I did have a few questions for you. Do you think do you think you're like on the the goat level that we always tweet at you for (laughs) FCS coverage? And if you don't think so, I am curious why not, in terms of, you know, Craig Haley is like your Michael Jordan goat who's been around throughout all the ages, but who else could really even come close to you in that realm? Like, how how do you personally feel as a Hero Sports member? Do you feel like you are like the face of FCS media or at least in the top tier of it? Like, how does your gut say year after year? Because I don't know where else people are going to go to for FCS media outlet.
0: Yeah, I don't really think of it uh, in in that sense. Uh, I guess you know, honestly, I kind of just refer to myself as just some random guy that has a journalism background that likes the FCS and kind of somewhat stumbled into and lucked into a full-time job covering uh the FCS and so I I usually like to say that you know I I think my knowledge about the FCS is above average that doesn't mean my opinions are always going to be right that doesn't mean my opinions are more important than anyone else's uh, opinions um and so I don't really think about um you know trying to be the I mean, I guess in a sense I'm, you know, competitive, but I never really think about, oh, I need to be, you know, the best FCS media person out there. I just kind of do what I do. Uh, And I guess always, I like the constructive criticism. You know, if someone says, oh, you, you, write about this too much, or you do this, you tweet about that too much, you tweet about that conference too much. You, you do this too much on your podcast. I'll go, okay. You know, that's probably a fair point. I'll I'll try to adjust it because I don't think what I'm doing is, is perfect or, or top notch or anything. So, um, and I think I'd mentioned to you too in Frisco that it's not like this is a competitive market. Um, you know, all I needed was, was an opportunity. And from there, um, I think if you just show that you're passionate about the FCS and you pay attention to it and you have a platform to, talk about it, write about it, whatever, then anyone can kind of ascend and be, um, I guess, a national voice of the FCS. But again, I don't don't even like, you know, that using, using that phrase um, because again, I don't really think of myself in in that manner, I guess.
1: Do you see, you see yourself at least grassroots? Like, I mean, I don't know many people like yourself who would, when a Matt Frazee from North Dakota or, Some random podcast is like, would you mind just jumping on with us? I don't really know many people that would just do that. And is that just Sam Herder, like who you are in terms of? I remember talking to you in Frisco. You're like, I really enjoy when these moments involve fun and with people. And is that kind of your mentality when you do that stuff with maybe a little bit of brand outreach? Or I mean, even tonight, you're like, yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll have a beer. Let's talk on a podcast. Is this just. Is this part of the fun that makes this job good for you? Or is there more to that?
0: No, I think it is. You know, I think that's kind of, it kind of sums up the FCS where it, it isn't all overly challenging uh, to get folks on the phone or to do an interview. Uh, from my perspective, you know, there's there's some I haven't been able to get, but, you know, for the most part, commissioners and head coaches and ADs are are willing to talk. And so I think that kind of lends its hand into this as well as, as far as me, I guess being willing, I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, wanting to go on other people's podcasts. Yeah. Part of it is, you know, to get more, uh, you know, brand recognition for hero sports and bed MGM and all that too. But, it, it, but it's also, you know, if someone, it's almost flattering, you know, in a sense, you know, if someone wants you on their podcast, you should probably do a pretty good job because you don't want to be, you know, a, a shitty guest on on their podcast right. and not have people listen to it. So, um, it's almost one of those things when when someone asks me to be on their show or other podcasts, I go, "Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to join." Um, you know, just I think it's cool that that someone would enjoy talking to me. You know, about FCS and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, and there there are times where I have to, I I rarely say no, but there are times where I have to. Um, that's usually during the football season where if if I you know I just can't. Sometimes I can't do five live hits um you know in in a day you know if if it's a wednesday of game week sometimes i have to say no or push back a week but for the most part i'd i'd love going on other people's shows
1: it's kind of an insane thing to say right there to be like you know sometimes i can't do five (laughs) sometimes i can't do five shows in a week i have some things going on um i what what would be what about this so i'm at my job and um i'm active in the air guard and you know, good paychecks, good steady stuff, federal salaried thing. But we're always talking like, okay, a sales job offers you this. And then around the office, everyone's like, well, this would be my amount. And well, I'd have to have this package if I was going to leave here, yada, yada. What do you think is the Sam Herder thing? Do you have a, I'm not saying go set a dollar amount and put your resume out here, but is there something that you would strive beyond the FCS? I hate to treat you like NDSU and be like, you're trying to move up, but <laughs> Are you okay being, I mean, he's all in DC references here. Uh, are you okay being the really, really big fish in what is a niche small pond of the FCS? I mean, you are a celebrity. You don't, you won't say it because you're too modest. I can just tell. You're just like, no, I'm just a guy. <laughs> but like, there is there something that a dollar amount or a dream job or something beyond media when you were in college and thought this would be a good career that might drive you to go beyond this? Or are you pretty content where you're at? And I don't want to give something away with your current employer and everything, but it, it, where's kind of your thought process there?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty content with where I'm at right now. Honestly, I haven't updated my resume in probably five, six years. And so I I don't plan on uh, going anywhere, Uh, but there's, you know, things that could be out of my control that could impact that, you know, at, you know, at any time bed MGM could say, well, well, Sam, we actually think you're, you're more valuable doing NFL stuff for us. Um, Hmm. I don't foresee that happening. There has been no indication that that, uh, would ever happen. Um, they, one of the reasons that MGM did buy hero sports was because of, um, our really talented staff, but also we kind of had a, um, you know, a a grasp or we kind of cornered the market of, of a more niche sports, uh, like the FCS. And so there, um, no plans really to move me off of it. But again, that's something, you know, out of my control If, if, if things switch, then, um, you know, then that's something where, I mean, how many full-time FCS media jobs are out there really? Right. Probably not a ton. So it's not like I could just, um, you know, apply somewhere else for the FCS, but you know, it's also, you know, one of those things of, I would like to cover the FCS for 20 more years, but
1: you go for goat status, the Tom (laughs) Brady, huh?
0: Well, it's just, I, I don't have, I mean, I could write about the FBS if I wanted to. I mean, the the cool thing about my job is the reason I'm covering the FCS is because I want to. I mean, I could go to my manager right now and say, hey, I actually, I kind of want to do some group of five stuff. And they would say, yeah, sure. I mean, if, if you think that's what you want to do and, and, you know, then, then go for it. Um, but I don't want to cover the FBS. I don't want to cover the NFL because... Yeah, it's there's just so many people covering that it's almost watered down in the aspect of how much media coverage um, there is, and so it's hard to it's hard to stick out, you know, in those subdivisions. So I would like to keep on covering the FCS, but in in 10 years, you know, the most the, the states that read my articles the most are Montana's number one, then I think Minnesota is number two between North Dakota State and South Dakota State fans, uh, then you know the, the Dakotas are up there as well, um, and so if there's ever a time when North Dakota State, South Dakota State, the Montana schools all went to the Mountain West. You know, I would be dumb not to start covering the Mountain West or because right. that's where a lot of my followers are. That's where a lot of my listens are. That's where a lot of my uh, traffic uh, is, uh, I guess. And so in that scenario, there's always a chance that I could keep on covering the FCS, but also add on the Mountain West. Um, and so that's that's another you know aspect that's out of my control. It's just where where is this market going? if the FCS continues to lose big market teams at some point, you know, the numbers aren't going to reflect that paying someone a full-time salary to cover the FCS is, is worth it as far as ROI. Um, But numbers have gone up this year for me. I I was scared they was going to go down because of James Madison Hmm. moving on, but they've, they've gone up for me this year. So that's, that's a positive.
1: That reflects hard work, man. That's awesome. You mentioned the NFL. You got a team. Do you cheer for an NFL team?
0: Yeah, I, Born and raised in Minnesota, so the Vikings, uh not I don't know if I would consider myself a diehard uh, Vikings fan. Uh not I after, guess. La- after
1: last um, week. Not after yeah, last especially week. especially
0: not after last week. You know, they are my team. I want them to win. I want them to see them do well, but I don't get overly attached uh to them. And and honestly, with you know I kind of, I work Sundays too because I have to do the top 25 poll and, and kind of prepare the upcoming week. So I don't really watch a whole lot of NFL. I watch the Vikings, uh, but that's about it. Um, and so I'm not, you know, overly attached to the NFL, but you know, if there was a team, it'd be the Vikings.
1: Okay. Any other, any other sports that you actually passionate about? A lot of people will, um, I like the Sacramento Kings and they're like, this is the only year they've ever been good in like the history since 2002, maybe. So Uh, For you? Is there some random team? I see you probably go to some twins games and stuff, but any that you like, is there any that Sam Herter's throwing a remote at the TV at with like aggressive passion? Is there anything like that for you?
0: Not really, honestly, and that's, yeah, I grew up, again, I grew up a Twins fan. I used to watch the Twins uh, a lot back in the day, Christian Christian Guzman and, you know, Torrey Hunter, Luis Rivas at squad, Doug Doug Mankiewicz. Mm. Uh, Like, I I watched all of those games, but I'm not a big baseball fan anymore. I don't dislike it. I just don't watch it a ton. Same with basketball. I used to like the Timberwolves. They still, I mean, I want to see them do well, but I don't really watch them a whole lot. And that's the interesting thing about being a sports writer. Um, you know some sports writers are just diehard sports fans and they're watching sports all day you know I I watch enough FCS football throughout the week and rewatch games Sundays and Mondays when I do have off time I don't really want to watch Monday night football I just want to watch hmm. Netflix or, or something like that um, I don't I try to read a lot of sports content just to hopefully improve my writing but I'm not you know digging out information and, and stuff like that. Like if you ask me who, you know, X standout NBA player plays for right now, there's a chance I will not even know just cause that's just not, you know, I just not, not in my wheelhouse anymore. So um, I am a sports fan, but I'm not like a, a diehard sports fan like I once was back in college and high school.
1: So you have to decompress from the sports activities a little bit. Yeah. Yep. What? Um, so right now, Allison and I are on Peaky Blinders. We it's six seasons was out of it. It's about uh 1900s, some gangster mob coming out over in Germany and in London. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Allison loves it. You just mentioned Netflix. You got a show you're binging, or are you on something else? Well, you're in the offseason, too.
0: Yeah. So that that's the thing, too, with uh, like during the FCS season, I don't really watch a whole lot of Netflix uh, either. You're busy, man. Yeah. But the, yeah, the offseason uh, is kind of when I pick some things up. Uh, right now, I'm watching Last Chance You, uh, the, the the latest season. So that's not really a, a you know a binging type show, but um, you know Succession. I was all over that
1: Ooh, uh, last year around good. this time.
0: Yep, catching up on that. But right now, still trying to find a show to to binge watch. Right now, I just haven't haven't gotten going on that
1: yet. Is that because you are truly too busy, or do you fall back into reruns? Like I'll fall into Friends and The Office. Every time I attempt to just find something new, do you have fallbacks or is it just uh, a timing thing?
0: Yeah, right now it is kind of fallbacks. The office is one, but right now, uh, because for, I don't know, for me, like I'm not a huge movie guy because in my mind, when I watch a movie, it's great. But in my mind, it's, oh yeah, it's two and a half hours. I don't know if I have two and a half hours, you know, to spare. And so when I watch, <laughs> and so like, when I try to, when I want to binge watch something, those are usually 45 minute episodes and it just kind of just seems like a pretty big commitment. So I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll watch random episodes of how I met your mother. So that's what I'm doing right now yes. is just on random episodes of how I met your mother. Uh, I do that with the office as well. Um, so I, I just it kind of seems like I'm running out of shows to binge watch. Cause I've seen, you know, all of them from Dexter to prison break, breaking bad Friday night lights, like all the, you know like you know when you tweet out, hey, I'm looking for a new series, yep. send me suggestions, and everyone kind of sends the same eight. I like, got I've already seen all those eight. <laughs> so um Peaky Blinders is one my good friend Turner Blofus. Uh he's he's recommended that to me quite a bit. I just haven't, you know, tried it yet, but that, that could be one that I could try this offseason.
1: Yeah, breaking so I was a huge Sons of Anarchy and Breaking Bad fan, and yep. Peaky Blinders gives me that sort of vibe. So okay. yeah. that's where I run into that. I am so glad you said how I met your mother. That is a, <laughs> that's a top three show for me. If you're, if you're a single guy raised in our era and you haven't watched how I met your mother, you have completely missed out. The only thing I didn't realize though, is that thing is like a carbon copy of friends. Cause I'd never watched friends until Allison, And she's like, let's just watch it. And man, it this they basically took Phoebe out and then just created a uh, friends in the modern era. But I, Lawrence uh, you know Lawrence from the admin page mm-hmm. him and I'll just drop how I met your mother references nonstop, which is pretty fun so
0: yeah you, yep. And you that, get... that is a good storyline going throughout it too uh, so it that's, why, that's why I really like it you can kind of watch random episodes here or there but at the same time there's kind of is a, a, a storyline arc to it throughout the seasons
1: for sure you think um, do you watch the show for Ted or do you watch the show for Barney I've heard people have watched it and like they think it's Ted and then after a season they're like, I think it's Barney that kept me going.
0: Yeah, I haven't thought of that, actually. I think probably for Ted, but my fair character probably is Barney. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I I hadn't thought of that before.
1: I guess it's I guess it's the relatability factor. For me it was Ted because I was more of the heartless romantic for sure. Mm-hmm. And Barney's got a total different story <laughs> arc with that. So yeah. definitely different. You um I can see right behind you, you have got the the media pass lanyards but you've tweeted out before that you have an absolute ton of college football helmets is that correct is that fcs f that's is that purely fcs helmets that you're collecting
0: well not anymore because i do have a james madison one. Uh, oh, so that's okay i've got a hat back there too <laughs> yeah i have a jacksonville state one as well and a, a kennesaw state one as well but besides that they're all they're all fcs helmets right now
1: uh, do you have the whole collection or are you uh you you think you're you about 80% there what are some of your big hitters you think you, you still need to knock out
0: well i i started the mini helmet collection in 2018 or 2019 uh, i believe and i got to about i think i have maybe 20 of them but then i started to realize that you know with with the helmet itself plus shipping they were you know coming out to be 50 to 60 dollars per helmet and i was like okay if i try to get all hundred plus that's, you know, just $5,000 I'm going to be spending on, <laughs> on mini helmets. And I did get some, you know, sent to me, uh, from fans, but it was also at the same time, you know, I don't, I usually, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of one of those things of giving your address out to strangers. You know, there are right. some people that I interact with a lot, you know, on Twitter that I've never met before, but like, okay, I can kind of tell you're a good person. I've interacted <laughs> with you a lot, but there are others that, Hey, let me sell you. or not, sell you let me, let me send you this. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Um, so I kind of I kind of stopped that. I haven't bought a new mini helmets in in quite mm. some time, um, just because it was it was getting pretty spendy and I wasn't quite sure, you know, where I was going to put them all. And at the same time, too, they're not all available either. Uh, I think most of the Big Sky, the Valley, ones are available. A lot of the CAA fan, this a lot of the CAA ones are available online. But like I couldn't find a. I don't think I could find like a Furman mini helmet online. Uh, I couldn't find a Sam Houston mini helmet online. So they're not all available really? um, online. And this was again, four, four years ago. And so they could be online now, but at the time I was, cause I, cause I didn't want to, you know, I'm always conscious of this too, with, you know, what I tweet, what I write, you know, I don't want to go too heavy on one conference. And so, you know, I didn't want to get just all Valley helmets or all big sky helmets. I try to go. So and Southland, but you know, some of those just, just weren't available available at the time.
1: Right. That uh that uh do, at this point have you embraced the uh and Sam Herder hates my team um he only likes this conference sort of thing are you just steering into that at this point or is it still kind of grind your gears or did it ever even grind your gears what is it was it a brand building thing for you obviously Sam Herder hates my team but there's no way the ndsu things people say about you make you happy you got to just be like okay Bro, seriously, I, I graduated from there. I got a good media start there, but I clearly am not a fan. Like, how does your me- mental health play out throughout the months as random, non-profile picture Twitter accounts just come at you with weird stuff?
0: Yeah the the Sam Herter hates my team stuff. Uh, I don't even know how like that kind of took on a life of its own, and that doesn't really bother me a whole lot because most of the time, you know, it's a bit, um, and you know, some people even steer that into you know, Sam Herder hates my dog and, and stuff like that. And like that, like, I know that is, um, you know, joking and all that. So that doesn't, you know, bother me a whole lot. The, you know, the, the NDSU Homer stuff still kind of bothers me. Um, I, I hear it a lot less every year. I think I've been covering the FCS full time since 2018 and I hear it a lot less every year, which is telling me something that, you know, that's probably a good thing that maybe people realize that, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying not to be, you know, biased toward NDSU. And when I started covering the FCS full-time too, like I got rid of all of my Bison gear from college because I, I did go to school there. Uh, but then I, I tell people I grew up 45 minutes South of Fargo. If I grew up 45 minutes North of Grand Forks, I would have went to UND, you know, so I didn't have any allegiance to NDSU growing up. I didn't, I watched some of their games just because they were on the, the local channel or whatever, you know, I can't remember what, what channel uh, that was back then, but like, I didn't, you know, grow up a a bison fan or anything and so and when i went to school there i watched 95 percent of the games up in the press box where you're supposed to be a professional and so even then i didn't really have an allegiance toward ndsu and then once i started covering the fcs full-time i was when i had you know any ndsu gear i had from college you know i either gave away or threw out just because i might be Young, I, I guess, but I still kind of have old school mentality as far as you shouldn't have a rooting interest in a league that that you're covering. And so, uh, you know, the NDSU Homer stuff still kind of bothers me a little bit. It's, it's not anything that's going to ruin my day, but it's one of those things where if I if I went to Southern Illinois and I predicted Southern Illinois to to make it to the semifinals this upcoming year, then it'd be like okay, like okay, that's kind of a Homer pick, there, right? But, when you pick NDSU to go 10 and one and get the number two seed and win a national title, am I really being a homer? or am I just, you know, having the same opinion, you know, is, is everyone else. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that kind of stuff comes with the, with the territory. Um, I, th- I know a lot of people say they don't like all oh, the trolls don't matter, you know, just ignore them. Uh, but I mean, I, anyone will say that, you know, getting trolled or getting called a clown or a joke or whatever, like no one likes that. Like no one's like, Oh, whatever, who cares? I don't care. Like, Still gonna impact you a little bit. You just don't like. Oh yeah. It, you just don't let it ruin your day. You see it, and you're like, "Oh, that sucks. I wish that person didn't think of me like that." I'm sure if they met me in person, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know, Sam's Sam's decent." So like, I don't like getting trolled and and people coming at me personally. But at the same time, either I respond and try to downplay it, or I just ignore it, and I just kind of move on because now it comes with the territory, I suppose.
1: Yeah, nobody does. But you're kind of like, um, I'm not gonna compare you to this guy because he's had some stuff. The, the owner of Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy. He was in an interview and he's like, I've kind of gotten to a weird point where I'll say something in response to some person I'm on Twitter and my people, what, whether I, what, what, no matter what I said, whether it was good or dumb, they just come out and hit the like button like a monster and your stuff's usually pretty savvy. But I do notice like when you come back at somebody who's saying some dumb comment, that thing just goes, whoop. <laughs> it's like yeah. the FCS community is like, nope, we like Sam. Here's a lot of hearts. We'll, well back that, him that, up a little bit.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, everyone likes reading the replies. And so when you see a tweet, you know, you're catching up on Twitter and you see a tweet from me or whoever, and you see there's 12 replies under it because you can see that on Twitter now. It's like, oh, what are people saying? And so everyone likes to read the replies. And, um, yeah, sometimes when someone says, and again, I said it earlier, like I don't I like constructive criticism. You know, if someone I'm pretty open minded, too. So if someone comes back with a counterpoint, usually I'm like. Oh, that's a fair point. You know, I, I yeah. thought of that before. That, that's a fair point. I'm not going to be sitting here like, oh no, my opinion is better than yours. Yours is wrong. I'm right. Nothing like that. But if someone just says something completely ludicrous, sometimes you have to take the opportunity to dunk on them. And then sometimes <laughs> that, that dunk gets more likes from other people than the original tweet. And, you know, sometimes that is fun, especially when it's just, you know, something completely ludicrous and false. But at the same time, you kind of have to pick your battles as well, because if I respond to someone, And then they respond to me. I'm going to feel the need to respond to that response. And then the last thing you want is, you know, a 10 tweet thread of an argument where, you know, no one really looks good in that situation. And so I I do like interacting with people, both positive and negative, but there are times when, you know, it's, it's been two hours. My phone is still blowing up. And I was going, I just got to mute this conversation because uh, you know, there's too many people interacting with it, which is good. But half the time it's someone responds, a Montana fan's, responds, then a Montana state fan responds to that person. And then they get into an argument and then an Eastern Washington fan swoops in and I'm getting tagged <laughs> in all this, not interacting at all. And I'm like, all right, I, I, I just got to mute this conversation because, you know, I, I, it's just blowing up my, my phone and my mentions right now.
1: You can, you just describe Twitter perfectly. It yeah, it can be much. such an absolute nightmare. It can just be crazy. Um I, I love saying this story that describes, describes social media perfectly. Is Alice and I are, our dog? We had Charlie. He's Great Dane, half black lab, half Great Dane. He passed away last year, and he a uh, big sucker, you know. So we'd have to rollerblade him around our community. Like we'd have to be on rollerblades just so he could gallop like a horse and get his workouts. He'd go by these chain link fences, you know, and there'd be these small little dogs behind these fences, and they just yip 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 yip, and Charlie would just get all like you could just see it in him. He's like, oh, I want to go take care of that little dog. And I'd say the same thing to him every time. I'd say, "Charlie, it's fine, buddy. They're all loud behind the fence. You ever come by those little dogs and there's no fence? It was (laughs) pure silence. They were never even going to consider it. I think that's social media. You can run into these same exact people who do that stuff to you face to face. They'd buy you a beer at the bar. They'd never be hostile. It's just it's a weird world, man. It's a weird world. You you graduated 2011, right?
0: Yep, high school. Yeah.
1: So Facebook for you maybe when, when would you have created a Facebook account?
0: I think I created Facebook in 2009. uh, And I actually didn't create Twitter until I think spring of 2012. Um, And I was, you know, I I was always kind of like late to social media. I was, I was late to Snapchat. Uh, For some reason I was like, whenever there was like a fad, like I kind of wanted to like steer against that and be like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into that. So (laughs) when Twitter was really popular my freshman year, I, I hadn't downloaded it, but then I got hired to be uh the the sports editor of the NDSU spectrum uh my sophomore year and so I knew that summer I had to basically create a, a Twitter account uh just from you know just just from sports coverage you know that kind of comes with the territory even in 2012 um, and so I've had that Twitter account since 2012. hopefully it gets uh unblock or not blocked but I I got yeah.
1: hacked I got you were hacked today
0: I got hacked last night and today um moving in a positive direction as far as getting that back but yeah, that was, that was wild <laughs> to see. Yeah, yep. I had no idea what happened. I just automatically got logged out and I couldn't log back in and I was getting spam emails and, you know, text message, uh, you know, authenticated, trying to authenticate my, my account, and like codes. Like, and I was like, what is going on? And then I just got locked out and I haven't been able to, to log back in, but the, the freaky avatar that that's gone now, um, some of the tweets it was spending, it was uh, sending, last night those are are gone now um they got my email back on the account now i just i'm just having trouble logging in because i've tried too many times in the last 24 hours where every oh, time, i bet every time i try to reset my password excuse me it says you know you're, you're trying to reset this too much you're gonna have to wait and so now I, I might have to wait another 12 hours to reset my password and then hopefully then i can i can get that going because if i if i had to start a new twitter account that would be kind of a, a blow because that's where a lot of my traffic comes from and a lot of my engagement comes from is that Twitter account. So
1: yeah, for sure. They, they were sending other tweets from your account.
0: Yeah. So I don't even want to say the name, but it was, it was, cause I was, cause I, I still have access to the hero sports FCS account. And so that's when I was, I was just going, I was just on that Twitter account monitoring my personal one. And I hadn't noticed anything different besides the fact that I was locked out and all of a sudden it changed its name to, to something weird and it changed it to some, you know, avatar with a black, you know, bandana and and face mask or whatever. And I was like, it wasn't tweeting anything, but then I went to tweets and replies and it was replying to another account with the same name. And then like replying to that account, then having a link. And so it was trying to trick people into thinking it was that other main person. And I click on a link, um, but those tweets have now since been deleted. I don't know who deleted them. If that was if that was Twitter, um, so that's good. And now it's just a Twitter egg, um, and my name's back on it. So I don't know. It was it was a weird deal, but it hopefully op, more optimistic tonight than I was last night about getting that back.
1: Yeah, that is that is a heck of a hack. Somebody was <laughs> somebody was going in on your account, man. That is that is crazy. Um, I do I do think it's strange with that NDSU thing you mentioned. Um, it's funny how like you went to NDSU and use it for your education and everyone seems to just hound in on that, but myself and probably a, thousands of other Bison fans never take a class from NDSU. I mean, not at all. I was raised by my dad who was a farmhouse alum, you know, 1989 born for me. He said, hail the Bison. You're going to hate the Sioux. And that's how this is going to work. And you know, that's where my fanhood started, but I've never been to NDSU, but I can get away with being a fan, but you go to the university and then everyone says that you're just some sort of diehard. It's pretty crazy how people get those things twisted around. They can't see things the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mr. Herter, in the beginning, middle, or end of this glass box, what do you want? Uh, Question number
0: two. I was going to say we're doing this again. I did middle the to open the, the show, right? You got um, it. Let's do the back
1: backside all right here we go if you're not watching on youtube you don't have to you're missing the glass box reveal if you could do something dangerous just once with no risk what would you do something dangerous just once no risk what would you do i'll give you a second to think on it i already know mine i would absolutely swim with orcas or killer whales in the wild i think that would be super awesome or even there's like sharks around and everything i know people like do it i've seen it on youtube they're like they're just animals stay calm but i would never stay calm if there was no if, if the, you know i'd actually freak out but i think that'd be super cool to be in the ocean you can't drown they can't attack you just animals that i can't even imagine how big those suckers are in real life so i'd spend some time with free will in the ocean if there was no <laughs> risk of that thing was gonna flip me up like a seal and make me it's lunch how about you, man? Risk free, anything in the world?
0: Uh, if it was risk free, I would probably. I'd like to visit, uh, an island that's never been visited before. Um, and you know, I know there's, you know, I don't even know necessarily about on un- uncontacted tribes. You know, I kind of I go down oh, that yeah. rabbit hole every now and then against uh, with with YouTube and uncontacted <laughs> tribes. I don't even know. Takes I don't you even know there. necessarily that. Well, if there's no risk to me and no risk to them, then I would, I would, I would do that because you know, bringing them diseases in and stuff like that that they're not immune to. Um, so got to keep that top of the mind too. But probably just go to some remote island that no one's ever been there before and just explore it, knowing there's there's no risk. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I've seen that. I've seen that on YouTube. Like you, I'll start with like plane that crashed in the mountains, and then you know you work your way down, and it's like this island's never been inhabited. But that stuff's real. There's some tribe out there that like no human, like it's completely people like drive the boats by and everything, but you're not allowed to go out there because you would probably just give them a bunch of diseases and they've never been vaccinated. And heck, who knows what goes on? There was some really creepy horror movie Somebody made about that, like five, six years ago, I forget what the name of it was, but yeah. Okay.
0: That Island is called North, North Sentinel Island, where they've tried to to contact it. And um there's, photos of them like shooting bows and arrows at at planes as they're flying by it's it's pretty wild
1: north sentinel island is one of the Andaman islands in indian bay of bengal which includes south sentinel island yeah in indigenous people in voluntary isolation who have defended often by force their protected isolation from the outside world that is crazy so these people just they've they've never seen real humanity and stuff oh yeah we got images and stuff
0: Oh yeah. 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 They're, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's, it's a challenging lifestyle, but they're, they probably got it better than us right now, honestly, with all, with all the crap we have to deal with in the, in the 2023, you know, calendar year.
1: Well, imagine if crap hits the fan, like everything just goes to complete shit and, you know, warfare and famine and everything, they're going to be fine. They're literally going to have no troubles. And I bet they could swim with an orca and literally not even think about it. They'd just be yeah, totally yeah. cool with it. Yeah. So, which is crazy uh yourself my man what is like sam Herder likes to tweet out that you're on the lakes you've got a bush light on the boat what What would you say are like hobbies like everyone knows he has the hero sports guy what are the things you would say besides binging netflix and spending time in the lake do you have extra things you're like this is my jam that someone might not know about
0: yeah no, like nothing specific uh just a lot of a lot of different things uh i guess um, you know, like I don't, I don't really hunt or fish or like, you know, those, when people think of hobbies, like I think people like think of that. Uh, so nothing specific like that, but just kind of, um, you know, like being out on the lake bonfires, uh, I like breweries. I like sitting around, um, like I said, bonfires, listening to, to country music, um, you know, going to new concerts um, and stuff like that. It is kind of, um, I don't know if you would consider those hobbies, but those are kind of the the things when I'm not watching FCS football or when I'm not <laughs> tweeting, um, you know, those are the things I'm, I'm usually doing. And it's funny too, because, you know, not, and I, you know, I, I hate politics. I'm not a political person at all, but it's, it's always funny. Cause I never tweet about politics really, but it's always funny when like I follow people that do tweet about politics and they tweet about a bunch of different stuff. And when they tweet a picture of their dog or a picture of their beer, no one says anything, but when they t- tweet something political, it's oh mm. stick to football. Um, and so it's, it's always, you know, kind of funny to to see that like, um, and I usually, most of my tweets are about FCS now, but I do like to show that I'm not a robot. Um, and right. so like I'll tweet, I don't really have a whole lot of opinionated stuff, but it's, you know, Hey, I'm at this concert. Hey, I'm at this game or Hey, I'm, drinking a beer on a pontoon and it's it's nice outside so i'm I'm gonna tweet this out to you know to show that i'm a, I'm a human being and i'm not you know some robot that, that only tweets out you know ap style you know stuff and and all that
1: yeah it's typically not worth it i think i find myself mostly in the center lines of political stuff you could i'd be great in a swing state you know north dakota is super red i'd do great in a swing state where you could have two sides just telling me two different things and change my opinion every 30 seconds um but when you try to even tweet something down the middle, you're like, great. Now, instead of making half of the people happy, just both sides are going to be very, very angry <laughs> at this yeah. tweet.
0: And that, well, that's even from an, an FCS perspective, because, uh, you know, you can I'm trying to think of like a, a classic one, which is, you know, I, I can go on kind of a, a rant and say, uh you know, look, the FCS has always lost teams to the FBS and it always just keeps on chugging along and it's it's not, you know, it's not crashing and burning, but at the same time, you know, these move-ups hurt the FCS and it's damaging the FCS. And when I say that, I get one side saying, no, the FCS is crashing and b- burning. And then you have the other side screaming, no, the FCS will be fine. What do you mean? This isn't hurting the FCS at all. And so even, even towing the line uh in the FCS when, you know, everyone wants... When, when something is happening, everyone kind of wants to take a, an extreme side of things. The transfer portal, you know, is the same. You know, is is the FCS now a farm system for the FBS? No. Is there elements of it? Yeah. You know, there are elements of, of you know, standout FCS players and a, a lot of them going to the FBS. And if you just look at that, yeah, it kind of seems like the FCS is a minor league to the FBS, but there's also more standout players staying in the FCS than moving up. There's more players going down. Then go, then going up, Um, and uh, you know, there's. um, I think last year I did 2021 FCS to FBS transfers, and only like 24% of them like actually made an impact on their team in 2021. I'm going to do it again for 2022. I just have to. It takes a long time to look up each transfer and how they did. But as far as 2021, like not a lot of FCS to FBS transfers made an impact. And then you look at this year in the FCS, there's a lot of FBS guys that made big impacts on their team. And so it's just, you know, kind of went on a tangent there, but it's kind of one of those things where two things can be true, but on social media, you have one side saying, no, only this is true. Then you have the other side saying, no, only this is true. So when you toe the line and say, well, it's not that, it's not that, it's somewhere in between, then you have, you know, people from both sides, you know, saying, no, it is this, or no, it is. This.
1: Yeah. Could if you, um, if you could eliminate one thing that fans would never complain or or talk about with the FCS ever again with a magic wand it'll just disappear from your Twitter timelines it'll disappear from Facebook because I know mine so I'll give you time to think here um and this this actually does impact you and this does impact folks in your the media world but I'm talking from fan perspective I really wish fans would quit acting like ratings were, the, were, the, were such a big deal to them. I really got annoyed during the Frisco time frame when people were like, I'm so mad it's against the NFL time frame. I'm so angry. I'm so mad. And I'm like, why? <laughs> if the TV ratings are down, does that impact your tailgate at Frisco? Does that impact the fact that now the game is at 1 o'clock, which gives you more time to sleep in on Sunday? And you can actually go out a full day Saturday? Come in Friday, fly back Monday. Nobody wants to be at work on a Monday. Being know, work on a Monday is terrible. That's way better than Thursday to Sunday. I thought this year's tweak was great. I just got so annoyed by people pretending that, like, the ratings were going to impact them or their schools. Maybe it does in a small way. But if I could kill that narrative and fans just be like, the time slot's good for us to be at the game, that's definitely what I would choose. Uh, what about you? You got one you, you would just, like, wipe off the table? Magic wand?
0: I'm going to go with two. Uh, There's a lot of them, but I (laughs) want to go with.
1: You've been been in the media too long, man. People (laughs) are coming at you.
0: The first is the narrative that, you know, the FCS is dying. Uh, In my opinion, I don't think it's a question of is it dying. It's more of is it thriving? Um, I think that's a fair narrative to have to discuss. You know, is the FCS thriving, especially now compared to 2012 when you you still had a lot of heavy hitters uh, still in the FCS but the narrative that it's it's dying into a sinking ship and it's on fire it's like it's literally not like where are, are 130 of these teams going to go you can't just say all right either FBS or you're a D2 like that's just that's not how it works you know from a from a um you know athletic department uh, standpoint and politically you can't just do that because a lot of these FCS schools are really good in mid major D1 basketball or baseball they're and they just happen to have D1 football and they they want to play cost-effective division one football, which is why the FCS is what it is. And there's always going to be a subdivision for this level of football. You know, is the FCS going to exist in 20 years? I don't know, but will something like the FCS exist in 20 years? I would say that's, you know, a 99%, you know, chance of that happening. So the FCS is dying. You know, again, that's one another one of those things where people jump to an extreme and when, you know, Teams move up, or you know, a few standout players go to the FBS and the transfer portal or NIL. Oh, you know, it's the FCS is dying, it's like it's literally not dying. It, the again, the question is, is it thriving? You know, how healthy will the FCS be in 10 years? I, you know, I don't know, it depends who's all left. So, that's one. The second one is, I've gotten really annoyed with the FCS playoffs versus celebration bowl debates. Oh, like that's just, thank,
1: thank you so much. Okay, so wipe mine away. And, thank and it's, you and so it's on, much,
0: and it's it's on. Both sides, both sides uh, to trying to draw comparisons. And this is again, this is again, yeah. What what we talked about of two things can be true. And I think, you know, I'll say something positive and negative about the FCS playoffs and the celebration bowl, but people will jump on, you know, specifically what I said about negative about the celebration bowl and, and kind of go with that. So, you know, the playoffs, the positive is you're crowning a division one football champion through a 2014 playoff. Like that's badass. Like that's awesome. The negatives obviously are the warts, the fact that you don't make money, you lose money, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the crowds, the bidding process, all that. There's a lot of warts to it, but at the same time, you know, they're, you know, they're the FCS, the point of the FCS really isn't to make money, but on the flip side, the celebration bowl, they have it figured out. You know, the SWAC as a whole has got it figured out as far as bringing in a lot of revenue, but the celebration bowl as itself, like they got to figure it figured out. It, it's a, it's, a great atmosphere. It gets on ABC. It does great television ratings, whether Deion Sanders and Jackson state are in it or not, it does great television ratings. They actually make money off of it. The negative is if you're the best HBCU team, it's going to be very hard for you to be compared to the top five FCS teams because you're not going head to head. So that's the positive and negatives there. And so if you're the FCS, if you're a fan of the FCS playoffs, You can look at the Celebration Bowl and say, I wish we had what you guys had as far as a really good television deal, but, you know, I'm not going to believe your Celebration Bowl champion is as good as the FCS champion until we see it. You know, I think you can say both things and they both can be true. And from the Celebration Bowl perspective, you could say, well, why would we want to do that? You guys are losing money. That's kind of lame. But you could also say, well, if we want to be considered, you know, a top FCS team, we kind of need to see how we stack up against quarterfinal and semifinal teams. And so you can take that approach from the celebration bowl perspective, looking at the playoffs, but that's usually not how it works. It's usually FCS playoffs fans calling the celebration bowl a joke and vice versa, which is not the case. Both have very, very positive things about them and also some negative things about them.
1: That is such a phenomenal take. That was one of the most liked and hearted comments I had this season on our FCS fans nation page. Mm -hmm was somebody posted something negative about the Celebration Bowl or it was negative about the playoff. I forget which one it was. And my reply was pretty lengthy, but I essentially, to sum it up, I said, for the life of me, I will not understand on this page why people think it's okay, why people care so much to tear the other side apart in this scenario. I do not get it. Like, what is gained by two worlds that are different? You know, Celebration Bowl is different and the playoffs are different. I'm not talking HBCUs and FCS. I'm talking bowls, playoffs. Why can't you just watch both of them and think, this is great and fun football. I really enjoy watching this. There's a trophy. I I, I just do not understand that debate. I watched the Celebration Bowl, and it was awesome. And I watched tons of playoff games, and they were awesome. So that is a really, really good point there, Mr. Herger. Well done. I'm gonna actually have uh, I think Amos is one of our great fans on our page. I'm excited to invite him. Preston Adams, former James Madison guy. I know I'm gonna message him. I cannot wait to talk to them about like the HBCU stuff and like this, you know, I'm some random kid up in North Dakota raised with zero diversity around me. Like let's talk about HBCU and everything else. That'll be a fun, fun conversation,
0: yeah. in the you look at, you know the the top fan bases as far as uh, attendance and at like 6 of the top 6 or 7 of the top 10 are from HBCUs and they have you know cool cool classics and they have you know the swag title game and the celebration bowl uh, of course and you know I would love to see the HBCUs participate in the FCS playoffs um I think it'd be great and I think they're they're making a lot of great strides on the field uh because you go back 10 years ago there was a gap there between uh you know, the, the best SWAC team and, and the best MEAC team and, and you know, the top FCS teams. Um, and we saw that too with Florida AM and uh, in 2021 against Southeastern Louisiana. But I think they have so much momentum off the field and that's equating to on the field where I do think, you know, some of the best HBCU teams could make a run to the quarterfinals or the semifinals in five years. But I can say that and also say, if I was the SWAC and the MEAC, I wouldn't want a part of the FCS playoffs right now, like what, what reason besides trying to be the best FCS team? What other than that, like, I guess that's a pretty good reason, but other than that, why would you get rid of a, a million dollar buyout to, to play in the playoffs where you could lose money? And so, uh, again, that's, you know, I don't always try to ride the fence, but in my, most of the time in life, you know, two things can be true. And so, you know, I, from my perspective, I would love to see the the top MIAC team and the top SWAC team in the playoffs but I also, if I was them, I wouldn't want to be in the playoffs right now in its current structure.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, lots of NDSU fans that I talked to, um, I, my main comeback with them with HBCU, they're like, well, they shouldn't be ranked. they not in the playoffs. And I said, well, they can be, but that's a different topic. Let me just focus on my point here is uh, you really liked NDSU being ranked during our transitional years and you weren't playoff eligible. So uh, were you OK with us being ranked then? I mean, don't be a hypocrite here now. Right. Uh, Mr. Herder, my two margaritas are finished. However, I would like to pull one more of these questions out of this class box because I think this thing is pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's do a front.
1: You go to the front. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Um, how would you like to spend your elder years? Oh, boy. OK, so we've become the FCS goat and uh, you've <laughs> covered the FCS or whatever it's turned into for 50 years. Mr. Herder. where are you going to be? How are you going to live those older years? You're going to just be covering sports till the day you die?
0: Uh, well, I I hope to until I recover or not, uh, until I retire. <laughs> um, and then, you know, after I retire, I don't know, probably go somewhere warm, living, growing up and living in Minnesota my whole life. I, you know, I don't necessarily plan on moving anywhere else. So probably once retired, then move summer warm. But I think it'd be cool to, you know, still do something sports related, but maybe just go to a bunch of different stadiums. Um, You know, I know you, uh, the um there's a few people out there that, that have gone to all FBS stadiums and now they're trying to get to all FCS stadiums. So I think that'd be, that'd be something cool to do in whatever 40, 40, some 35 years <laughs> somewhere around there is <laughs> um it's still kind of stick around, but kind of just go and, go to stadiums, not have to work and them. Just, just watch the games and enjoy them from that perspective.
1: Man, to uh, quote a show that I really enjoy. Yeah. Don't worry about that, man. That's future Ted's problem. Yeah. yeah. Let
0: that guy figure it out.
1: Exactly. You know? uh, That'd be cool, man. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming on here. This is um, hopefully been a lot of fun on your perspective. I just enjoyed it. I had this podcast in my mind for a few years. I hate the off season being too long and I, I just genuinely am like, it's time to figure out who these people are just a little bit more from behind the screen. So whether it's only 50 people who listen to this, um, I'm kind of like you, Sam, my wife says to me, she goes, you got the gear, you got the stuff. Uh, her and I have a Tesla. She's like, make a channel about Tesla in North Dakota. Tons of people would watch. I actually don't doubt that. That's probably a pretty good niche. Mm -hmm. She's like, you love clash of clans, like stream the video game. I'm like, yeah, but honestly it's amazing i've tried to do that and i've tried to do things with like metal music and other stuff that i like and i do like two pieces of content and i just deflate but with this fcs stuff for some reason i just love it and i think you can fake the funk for like money and jobs but i don't think you can fake it for art and and things that you you're passionate about so i wanted to say that and then echo to you that it's really cool that where you're at man and hopefully you stay happy within the fcs and things keep rolling um any final things you'd like the world to know about you, dude?
0: Uh I don't know. Not nothing really. You know, it was I remember in in Frisco this last year, you know, someone kept saying, you know, oh, it's so cool that, you know, you're you're hanging out with us with us common folks.
1: A man of the people
0: in, in the bar. I'm like, Well, I'm just I'm just like you. Like I'd like to <laughs> like I don't like I I worked a lot, you know, in Frisco, I did some media stuff and did some articles, but like at night I don't want to just sit in my hotel room and so I'll go out, meet up with people, have a healthy amount of drinks, nothing, nothing too crazy or anything like, like that, even though Brendan kept on, you know, buying me a couple of shots here or there. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> had two or three more than what I was anticipating, but no, like, I just kind of, I guess I, I already said it, but, you know, just, you know, I'm just a, a fan of the FCS, uh, like, like everyone else. And I just have, you know, I guess a platform to write about it and talk about it. Um, and I think there's kind of, you know, one thing to the challenging part of this is with you know the fcs you're you're kind of one of only a few people that cover the fcs and so just naturally you kind of do it from a positive standpoint yeah Uh, but at the same time i don't want to be a pr machine for the fcs i don't want to be a spokesperson for the fcs i don't want to be an advocate for the fcs some of that stuff just comes naturally naturally like FCS over FBS upsets or, you know, FCS draft prospects, like top returning players, top teams, like that kind of comes naturally because that's all covering things from a positive perspective. But I also, the challenge is again, to not be a PR machine. And when something negative needs to be said, you know, that's, that's when, you know, someone needs to say it. And so whether it's, whether it's playoffs or, you know, other stuff that, at you know, conference movement, I, I do think that when there are negative stuff to, to be said, you know, I'm not afraid to say it, but that, again, that's just kind of the challenge of balancing covering the FCS where a lot of your stuff is positive, but also at the same time, when you say something negative in an SID or a conference commissioner or a conference communications person say, well, why are you saying this? I'm like, well, because it's true. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a PR machine for you guys. There's, so that's kind of another balancing act that maybe some people might not realize from a, from a journalism media perspective.
1: I remember that from, um, the Weber state UND playoff thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to say something and you definitely did in terms of this system is pretty broken in terms of how things played out in that scenario. So,
0: um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's something too, where I also kind of need to caution what I say and how I say it. Um, because, you know, again, I, I kind of just view myself as, you know, someone that likes the fcs and and talks about it and writes about it and you know my opinion is just you know opinion of, of one person but you know they're i also recognize now that people i brought to my attention that what i do write or say you know sometimes the ad's do talk about that and sometimes the commissioners do talk about that you know there right. was, i think it was i i think i had like a tweet thread where i just went in on the coaches poll and, and called it the most ridiculous thing ever mm-hmm. and then that very week i guess the, the playoff committee talked about the coaches and if they should use it or not yeah um, and they they were looking at my tweets and so like that's something that um like I'm not I guess I'm not like bragging about that but I but I'm it's almost like I have them I'm always going to have the mindset of oh I'm just whatever you know I'm just a person my opinion is no better than anyone else's but also being mindful of if I tweet something or if I write something I need to be conscious of this could have not rippling effects but it like other people are going to see it and maybe react to it that is more than just, you know, a fan saying, I agree with you, I disagree with you.
1: For sure. Well, I like at the end of my two margaritas here that it went full circle from, um, I'm Sam Herder and I'm just a normal guy and I'm trying to be as modest as possible. And no matter how hard you tried, the realization still came out that your voice is very important in the FCS <laughs> community. So you might not want to be a PR machine, Mr. Herder, but I thank you for coming on here uh, and having two margaritas with me and, Just know that we all are aware of how much of a machine you really are. So I hope we can do this again. And then uh, I'll cheers you from here, my man. So cheers, buddy.
0: Cheers. Thanks for having me on. appreciate it.